Good afternoon. Today I have Jim with me. Hiya, Jim. Would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself? Goodness. Hello, Donna. Yeah, really nice to meet you. Um, let's start. So I'm, a, I'm a family man at my heart. Um, met my wife 50 years ago at college. We've been married 45. We've got four grown-up children. And at last count, I think we have four grandchildren. So that's the very heart of what I am, who I am. Um, um, I'm a businessman. Um, who's now got rather more time on my hands. So I'm trying to follow what well, I am, following my passion for writing. Awesome. Uh, did you always know that you wanted to be a writer? Yeah, I've always been fascinated with words and um, always been keen on reading. Um, so, yeah, I always had a, a, a hankering after it. But, you know, um, you know what it's like, um, a busy life, um, you know, um, in business, you know, as you climb that greasy pole, um, you, you, you're time poor. Now, I'm, I, I'm, I'm richer in terms of time avail availability. <laughs> uh, what gave you the push to finally sit down and say, OK, that's it, I'm going to start writing now? Um, well, I think it's um, it, it's really that sort of uh, life lifelong ambition I had, uh, the opportunity to spend time as I wanted. Uh, I've spent a few years being uh, in a non-executive role and um, chairing one or two companies, um, and that's brilliant because it still kindled my business passion, but gave me more time. So. I choose to spend that time with the family, occasional traveling, um, writing and walking. And writing and walking are my two passions, really. And what made you choose the genre that you write in? Well, I guess we're all influenced by a little bit about what we know um, and um, a little bit about where our interests are. Um, and, you know, my interests are... I know a little bit about business, would never claim to know um, oodles, but, um, you know, people often say, you know, business, well, that sounds terribly boring. Um, it's just about making money, isn't it? And I always say, well, it's nice if you do make money, but making money is, is that's just the currency, it's counting. Um, business is all about people, you know, and uh, I've worked with, inspirational people, committed, dedicated. I've come across through a few villains in my time, a few people with some interesting approaches to life. And, you know, you build up a rich reservoir of characteristics you can mine in creating your own characters of fiction. So to my mind, the business and um, our business background is, is actually quite useful. Um, and, and also writing, you know, I'm sure anybody who um, who's takes to writing a little bit will come across sort of periods, you know, writer's block or, um, you know, suddenly a, a situation that isn't going entirely according to plan. And you think, oh, where do I go to from here? How would that character really respond? And um, I just take myself off into the hills. And the more I think, the quicker I walk, the more I walk, the more I think about this. And I usually come back with, you know, with the help of fresh air and all that time, 
with a slightly better perspective and with a few ideas I can I can sort of seed really. Um, so that's that's my comment. That's the way I combine my two hobbies really. Sounds great. What's the most interesting thing you've found doing research for your book so far? Or what's the biggest rabbit hole you've fallen down? Um, I think in um, preparing for urban scarecrows, I was really, um, I, there's quite a political context. And some of that is, um, you know, semi-dangerous, depending upon your viewpoint. Everybody has a different viewpoint. Um, so, but I'd, I'd had this niggling away at me for a long time and I, I just wanted, there was a germ of an idea and it wouldn't let go of me. So I wanted to burnish that, um, but I didn't want to make it an overtly political book that people would just ignore if you weren't primarily interested in politics. So it's essentially about the journey of an individual and his family um, in what become pretty horrendous circumstances. So it's all about people and emotions, and, you know, hate and love and lust and, and about how you have about human frailties and how people react to that. And, you know, um, so I hope it's a good read, um, whether you're interested in the political subplots or not and whether you agree with them or not. But, but we will see. It's, um, you know, the test of the puddings in the eating, isn't it? Indeed. <laughs> okay, so if you were able to take out one of your characters for a meal, who would you choose and what would you ask them? Uh, I think I'd choose um, the main protagonist's wife, Rosa. She's... Um, she, she's... We, we live, she's Spanish, and we lived for, um, oh, we lived, we had a, a small house in a northern part of Spain for a while, and we got to know quite a few Spaniards. I love their exuberance, their vitality, their passion, their loud, or tend to be loud, noisy. Um, and actually the wife of somebody who was my finance director uh, a good few years ago, she was Spanish. And she was just so animated and passionate and, you know, um, you'd have a, a wonderful evening with her. Um, you know, she would pepper her, her narrative with Spanish expletives and, you know, um, impossibly, impossibly endearing is probably a, a reasonable um, uh, um, overview. So I like Rosa. Um, I hope anybody who reads the book will learn to do so as well. Um, since you first sat down and started writing, what have you found more difficult than you expected and what have you found easier than you expected? Um, I, I started out doing it in a very gym-like way. I mean, back in, ooh, I don't know, about 2013, 2014, I wrote a novel. My daughter said to me, my daughter's in marketing, Dad, you, 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 you're great with words, but you really need to go and, you know, you need to learn some of the craft. And, of course, you know, I knew she was talking wisely and I ignored her. Um, I just got this idea and I wanted to talk about it. And it was essentially, it was prescient in a way, 
because it essentially it set the backdrop for Brexit, um, which, um, so it was well before its time, before anybody had muted them, the thought of a, a, a referendum. And again, it's about the characters and their journeys. Um, but I did realise after I'd done that, I needed some help, I needed some guidance, and I wanted to learn a few things. So I met through a writing club, um, a, a local author, uh, and she became my coach for a while. And she was, she was marvellous, incredibly talented. Um, what a taskmaster, you know. Um, my kids loved it because... It, it, it felt like um, they get in their own back because, you know, they used to give me the homework. Will you have a look at this, Dad? Well, I will if you want me to comment constructively. Yeah, that's what we want you to do. So I get the red pen out. And then, of course, they'd hate me briefly for that. You know, well, having a writing coach who does exactly that and gives me a hard time over certain things and then inspires me, they, they really enjoyed I did as well, by the way. She was great. <laughs> yeah, it sounds great. But yeah, your kids must have been absolutely laughing. It's like revenge, finally. <laughs> revenge is isn't it? Yep, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. um, is there anything you found harder than you expected? You know what? The hardest thing for me... Um, there's an awful lot that's quite hard. It took me a while to get my head around properly, points of view, perspective, um, and to um, learn some of the techniques there. Um, but the hardest thing of all, and the thing I've enjoyed, I've least enjoyed, is the bit I've been doing the last the last month or so, which is engaging in social media, and it feels like self-promotion and whilst I've been in business and I'm no shrinking violet and um, I'm quite open and quite opinionated um, self the idea of self-promotion just doesn't sit very comfortably so I found that really really hard and I've not enjoyed that really if I'm honest you're not the only one don't worry uh, most authors I speak to don't like it they're all introverts by nature anyway so the fact that they've got to sell themselves they hate so you're not the only one I said to somebody I'm working with on the marketing PR side I said look I'm so I'm so tired of this I'm just itching to get back to doing some writing um, you can relate to that I, I, I suspect yeah that's why I'm here. I do it for you or try to or do it the best I can anyway. So I don't mind shouting about all of you. So if it saves you, you doing do. it, then. <laughs> doing a wonderful job and clearly the whole world of social media you're, you're embedded in. And uh, I get that. And that must be quite fulfilling. But it's quite a stretch to get there from a relatively standing start. Yeah. Yeah, it's taken work to build up and stuff, but... Yeah, I've I've started to notice more now, only in the last month or two, that I have an impact. Um, so yeah, it's taken a while for me even to get there. So yeah, I understand. Well, you've you've done incredibly well. I mean, you've got a lot of followers, haven't you? Yeah, fair few, all over. Yeah, yeah, yeah and keep trying to get more. Yeah. 
Excellent. Well, keep a good work up is all I can say. <laughs> I will. I, I like I've said before, I love it. So if I, I'm not stopping. It's fine. Um, are you self-published or are you with a publisher? I'm doing it through uh, Silverwoods. Silverwood, so um, and I've tried to do it. Um, who've been in the main, very good. I've tried to do it. I, I, I don't want to learn the, the art of publishing and everything that goes around that. So I wanted somebody to do that for me, to do the heavy lifting. And I massively underestimated just how much work I would have to do in support of that. But life is a learning process and I, I, I do like being challenged. I do like the learning process and writing's always a challenge. How did that come about your deal with them? Um, I had an experience I didn't enjoy at all, which was through Austin McCauley. Um, I maybe shouldn't say their name, but oh, they're well known um, uh, all over the place. Um, and it was just so formulaic, and um, I felt that I learned more about how not to do things than I did about how to do things. Um, and um, I mean, they, they, it was a contract that was part funded by they and them and me, um, but I was seriously underwhelmed. So I did a bit of research as to who were, the, who were those with good, good reputations. And Silverwood kept coming up and I, I spoke to them and was impressed. So here we are. Oh, and publication day today. Yeah, congratulations. It should be more than just a glass of water, shouldn't it? And it will yeah. be tonight. Yeah, you've got time yet. <laughs> indeed, indeed, yeah. Um, what's been one of the most fun scenes or chapters that you've written and what's been one of the most difficult? Um, I think one of what some of the things that taking the latter first, I think the most difficult I find, you know, and there are chapters in Urban Scarecrows, um, and I think they probably exist in any book that have real impact, or I, sorry, I hope have have real impact. Um, and I was, um, but there are there's quite a lot of the story that needs to develop, so stuff can't be happening in every single chapter throughout. So if you like, I call it the glue. Um, it's really important because of character development and plot development. Um, but I, you know, I, 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 I find those more difficult. Um, the best, I, I really enjoyed, I had a few, um, a friend said to me uh, recently, uh, I had a few holes of golf. They said, Liz, his wife, wants to take you to task over some of your views. And, and this chapter one, loved it. Where are you going with it? What, you know, it said to me, gosh, are we into, are we into uh, concentration camps? Um, we're not going into gas chambers, are we? Um, is that, um, I, I just want to know, how did we get to this point? And what happens to the characters? And, you know, I just... I just want to read more. And I just, that to me was everything I, I could possibly want to hear from, a, um, from, from somebody who's read the first chapter. Um, so uh, I enjoyed that. Um, 
And let's hope he finds one or two other chapters like that, sort of uh, equally compelling. Yeah, if you've done that in the first chapter, though, that's definitely a massive win because that's where you need to do it. So that's awesome. <laughs> well, I sent you the book through, um, Donna, so you um, have. You'll, you'll be a judge yourself. Be, be kind is all I would say. <laughs> I'm always kind, don't worry. <laughs> it's on my teaming TBR. My TBR mountain, it can't even be called a pile. <laughs> I dread to think how many books... <laughs> But I will get around to it soon. Yeah, it's staggering your appetite for um, and the number of different genres you must cover. Yeah. yeah, I'll read anything. I'm quite happy to read anything, so which I think is quite unusual. I know people usually stick to genres, but I bring it on anything fantasy, romance, autobiographies, non fiction. I'll, I'll read it all. One of the genres that I really enjoy, uh, well, there are a couple actually, uh, historical fiction I really enjoy, but espionage in particular. So, you know, authors like, I mean, John le Carre is a master, um, but there are the modern incarnations like Mick Heron. Um, if I don't know whether you've read any of his, absolutely brilliant, um, you know, um, dark humour, black humour very much. Um, and um, irreverent, uh, non-PC, some of the things that appeal to me um, it is brilliant. But uh, And there are lots of other authors in that genre I enjoy. So there are bits of Urban Scarecrows where, you know, tradecraft features. So I, 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 I sort of mine some of that from some of my reading material. Um, but I'm guessing that, we, you know, all writers, all authors do that sort of thing. Well, it's interesting you say that some do and some, um, particularly crime writers, I find, will stop reading any crime fiction while they're writing because they're so scared of accidentally taking something from someone else's book and including it that they will absolutely stop reading any crime fiction while they're writing and read something else or read nothing. So, yeah, everyone's got their own quirks, I guess. I think, I mean, personally, I think, um, you know, it's... You know, each read, reading those sorts of authors is inspiring. I mean, if I tried to, you know, replicate what Le Carre or McCarran um, does and what they say, uh, how they present it, you know, the narrative voice, I would fail dismally. You know, it has to be Jim Chambers. It has to be authentic. Um, and, and we aim to uh, develop that, um, that style. Um, but, you know, it has to be done, you know, just through iteration, really. Um, when you're editing your book, how, uh, what's your most overused word or phrase? Oh, overused word or phrase. Um, gosh, I'm not sure the answer to that. Um, I think one doesn't immediately spring to mind, I, but I will give you one fault that, um, you know, my coach um, used to tell me off about or still does when I speak to her occasionally. I, I hope I've improved a lot. And she would say, trust your reader more. Trust your reader more. You're spoon feeding them, Jim. And that comes from a business background where you try and communicate very explicitly because if you don't 
you know, even when you do, people will read into messages from you that which you don't intend. So, um, you know, it's it sort of drilled into me and I've tried to address that. Um, and that's another reason why I was pleased with the reaction I got from a few people to my uh, first chapter. So um, I hope the book doesn't do too much of that. Um, when you first decided to write, what was the one thing that you wanted to happen or wanted to achieve and has it happened yet? Um, I really enjoyed the writing process and I wanted to get to the end. And I, again, from my business background, I'm, I'm quite committed and quite dedicated. You know, if I've, I, I'm quite action-focused, you know, um, um, or results-oriented. So um, I have got to a conclusion. Um, I have got to publication. And that feels like, that feels very satisfying. Um, but yeah, so I think that's that's probably the best answer I can give you on that one, really. Have you made lots of author friends since you started writing? I've made uh, lots of contacts uh, of people who, um, who, you know, who write, who author. Um, done some of that through a writing club, although my membership of that has lapsed since COVID. So uh, they've been meeting um, virtually as, as necessary. And I've sort of moved away from that a bit for various reasons. Um, but I met a few authors through that and obviously worked with lots of writer, writer members. And, and actually, having said I, how frustrated I get with social media, my attempts at Facebook has allowed me to meet quite a few Silverwood authors and other authors. And I've enjoyed that and I've enjoyed looking at some of the things they've done and how they've, you know, how they've marketed and um, pub publish art, pub published their, their books. So uh, that's been all part of the learning experience, really. And are you planning on going to any of the literature festivals this year? Um, I I ought to, didn't I? And I, I have done in the past. I don't have any immediate plans, um, but I, I am talking to the people I'm, I'm working with on marketing. They are targeting one or two of those. So um, I've got a live conversation with them tomorrow on exactly that topic. So who knows? I might be heading off to Stratford or Bath or wherever. Um, there are so many these days, aren't there? Harrogate. Harrogate's the one. That's the big one. Thing. Which would you recommend? Harrogate. Okay, well, my daughter, uh, my eldest daughter lives in North Leeds and used to uh, live in Harrogate, actually. So, um, yeah, that's that's a good tip. Yeah, that is by far. I mean, they're all amazing. I, I seem to be going to most of them <laughs> this year. Um, but Harrogate is, is the huge, huge one. And they've got their own awards and stuff now. They've become quite big, so... Yeah, that is, and it's four days long or something, but you don't have to go the whole four days. But yeah, it's amazing. I went last year for the first time and I loved every second. So great networking opportunity for you, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and also a chance to meet people like, that I've interviewed. You know, I've seen all these people online, but to actually get, but um, this year, if everyone that's promised to buy me a drink buys me a drink, I'm just going to be drunk the whole weekend. <laughs> I've been promised quite a few drinks. 
Sounds like a good weekend in the office. In the office. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm a lightweight as well. I don't really drink, so I'd only take one or two and I'd be gone anyway. So, yeah, <laughs> I'll just have Coke, I think. <laughs> sure, I endorse your views. Absolutely believe you, Donna. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, have you had a lot of feedback from readers, apart from those for your first chapter? Have you had many reviews today? Um, I've had a few in the Hope Fair. Um, I was my previous book. Um, it, you know, to be honest, I didn't put I didn't put anything like the effort I needed to into marketing and PR. So I've had lots of lots of informal reviews from people who um, I think the most warming review I had was from an ex colleague of mine. Um, who the business let go, so he didn't need to be nice to me. Um, and he had a, an awful accident, um, he's a mountain biker, and cutting a very long story short, I mean, he was seriously, seriously ill and completely out of commission. It was a bad head injury. And uh, when he bounced back, he picked the Hope, he said hello, and picked the Hope affair up and actually said, you know, you know, Jim, um, this was a real page turner um, and this is the first book since my illness I've actually been able to read to the end and I thought well you didn't need to say anything and that's probably worth more than from people who are family or friends you know um, yeah, absolutely. I'm very generous of him to say that so I had one or two things like that which have been very very um, rewarding yeah that's lovely um, if you're able to spend a day with any author, dead or alive, who would you like to spend a day with? Uh, I think it would have to be, um, oh, I don't know. Um, I was immediately going to say Le Carre. He is my favourite author. Le Carre, um, I just, a bit old school, I suppose, you know, classic. Um, but goodness, his experience, um, that would be interesting. Mick Heron, um, who I've mentioned as well, would be irreverent, and I imagine uh, a hoot. Um, and Robert Harris, I think, is 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 a fantastic storyteller. You know, um, if you read his books, it's the prose is so simple and so compelling. And at first, you think, well, that's easy. It sure as hell isn't. It's really, really tough to do that. So. He's somebody else that, you know, and I think Robert Harris actually would interest me because as well, because he, he breaks, if the writing community has some sort of reputation, it sort of tends to be a bit sort of creative lovey. Do you know what I mean by that? I'm being, I'm being rude, aren't I? Now, I don't, I'm not gratuitously rude, but I don't naturally fit into that category. And I don't think Robert Harris does, you know, he's, his politics are not left wing, they're centre, centre right. Um, so I admire him for that and he's respected despite that, I suspect. Um, so there you go. And if it was a politician, Winston Churchill, please. Yep, I'd love to talk to him as well, it'd be amazing. Well, it'd be amazing for the uh, claret or whiskey as well as his tales, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, the other person I'd might like to speak to is the Queen because she's seen it all. She's seen them all, experienced and spoken to all the politicians. So I'd love to sit and have a chat with her. I think that would be amazing. 
Oh, absolutely. Um, but I suspect that she is, I mean, she's just so brilliant that, you know, um, it would be a less a less honest conversation or a less open conversation than you get from Winston Churchill. You know, that's, you might, yeah. Perhaps I'd uh, give her a couple of drinks first and <laughs> get it to open that, up. <laughs> that sounds like a call, but uh, be careful. She doesn't set the corgis on you. <laughs> well, apparently she's got a wicked sense of humour as well, so I reckon she could take me down quite easily. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I, just an amazing, amazing lady, you know, and this this troubled world of ours to have a constant there who stands for dignity and respect for everybody, irrespective of colour or ethnicity or sexual orientation, whatever it might be, you know, um, I think is just wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I, I have to confess to being a traditionalist, um, you know, um, you know, I think, I think this country's in enough turmoil and the Western, you know, the whole world, frankly, a little bit of stability, even if it shouldn't work, but actually does. Well, don't throw it away. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Mm. Yeah. Um, so if you were able to travel to any period of time, either forwards or backwards, where would you go? Oh, um, yeah, I mean, if you're going backwards, it would really depend upon um, your station in life, wouldn't it? You know, because that used to, well, it matters still today, um, but to a much, much less extent than, than, than used to be the case. Um, I'd love to be pitched into um, the cabinet of Winston Churchill during wartime, Second World War. I think, I think that's what I because I think I, I would learn more and be challenged more and I have to work harder than, uh, than ever. And um, I'm somebody who thrives on challenge. Um, where's the funniest or strangest place you've ever woken up? Funniest or strangest place? Oh, uh, all right. Um, I'll dive a, a long way back into... Um, um, I, I wasn't very, I, I was in my parents' bad book for this, but um, I was, I think, 16, and um, friends of mine who were a couple of years older, we went off for a, a weekend of rock climbing at Worksworth, Black Rocks. But of course, it wasn't just rock climbing, so we got a tent, pitched a tent, and we went down into, into in the village. And of course, had our fish and chips and um, a belly full of beer. And I don't think I've drunk a pint of Guinness from that day to this. <laughs> and they insisted on putting me on the um, uh, the tent flap side of the tent so that when I needed to um, express myself, so I put it like that, um, I could just lean my head out. Um, so that, that was pretty odd. That was pretty odd. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, I was I once um, I once worked as uh, part of work experience. Uh, I was in catering at the time, uh, a long, long time ago as a student. Uh, I worked at this hotel, and I hated every moment of it. And um, the one guy that I really liked was somebody who was put upon by loads of loads of the chefs and the managers. He was kitchen porter, and he was a good guy. He was a really 
good to honest working guy and he and I had a few drinks too many and I couldn't get back into my room so I spent the night in my car so I'll be giving the wrong impression won't I I'm reasonably abstemious but nobody will believe that now <laughs> I thought it's always the guys that seem to have got really drunk and ended up I mean one guy was on a boat and to this day has no idea how he ended up on it but obviously he was drunk when he arrived on it. But yeah, it's great fun, I love it. <laughs> and usually when you guys get really, really drunk, you get naked as well, which is also really odd. <laughs> it's something that women don't tend to do. <laughs> I have no recollection of that, Donna. <laughs> yeah, that's what you're saying now, but I'm sure your mind's wearing them, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, well, I, yes, I hope there's not been too much of that, not to criticise. So. <laughs> no, I, yeah, thankfully there was no evidence in those days anywhere was there. So your secrets are relatively safe. <laughs> no, it must be terrible. Don't you feel for, you know, I've got, I'm a father of two girls and two boys now in their 30s and having their own kids and so on. Uh, very proud of them. Um, and, and I said to somebody the other day, you know, it would scare the, it's scary enough bringing up especially daughters. Maybe you shouldn't say that, but it's true. If you're a father, you worry more about your daughters than you do your sons. Although my experience is the son's getting more trouble. Um, but uh, the daughters, but today, you know, boys or girls, actually, I mean, bringing them up in this social media world and reading of some of the practices and the pressures and, you know, how... You know, the low life in this country prey on young people. Um, I mean, it's how? I, I, I can't imagine what additional pressure that brings on parenting. Yeah, I'm grateful that um, I was uh, an older teenager when mobile phones came around. And then I think I was in my mid-20s when social media started. So I missed all that. But yeah, I wouldn't want to be a teenager now. It must be horrendous. Just There's yeah. no escape at all. They can get to you 24-7 pretty much. So, yeah. yeah. And the pressure, I reckon, the pressure in, in life generally is just so intense these days that it, that it seems to be for younger and younger people. Um, so, you know, you need to let kids be kids. You need to let teenagers go through those teenage years. And I always, you know, my wife and I always used to say, our teenagers at their best were our best friends, used to, used to treat you like, like mates. They would take the mickey out of you, they'd entertain you. You could have banter with them. They kept you, keep you young. That's, that's in the job description of teenagers. At their worst, move on. Just don't think about it. They're horrible. They're horrendous. <laughs> um, you know, it's, um, yeah, every parent goes through it. And, and there isn't an answer. Well, if there is, we never found it. <laughs> no, you just, yeah. You just have to bear with it and uh, be there for them when they come out of whatever it is they're going through. If I was to ask your lovely wife and those nearest and dearest to you, what would they say your most annoying habits are? My most annoying habits? <laughs> I, th I think they would be stumped for any answer at all. No. I'm sure they would. <laughs> um, I don't know. Lacking in patience, easily frustrated, easily bored, um, demanding sometimes. I've my love behind uh, quite a demanding 
Um, you know, it's quite demanding as a parent, I think. Probably still am. Um, you know, I think generally as, as a friend as well, you know, um, I will say we all have a few friends, lots of colleagues, lots and lots of contacts, um, but just a few friends. And they're the people who see the authentic you. And um, I would hope that, you know, if somebody said, what's your... What's the one thing that the one quality you you'd like to think you have, and that's being authentic. You know, um, it's maybe a bit cliche. My dad, my dad, one of the hardest working men I've ever known, um, working class butcher, had nothing, literally nothing. He inherited literally nothing, um, and he forged a, a business and uh, um, brought three of us up the back streets of Derby, hardest working, loved his beer, um, honest as the day was long, didn't have the education that I was lucky to have and my kids have. And he just used to say to me, you know what, son, you've got to look yourself in the, that mirror every morning, make sure you can like who you see. And, you know, it's old and cliched, and I can't honestly say that every single day I've been able to like that image, but... Um, you try and live to that sort of, you know, a key value. Um, okay. See, see, I, I am a bit of a politician or a businessman. I've, I've turned your question about negatives into positive. Yep, that's fine. <laughs> but I've got more out of you than you're expecting to tell me, so my plan has worked as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're a past master. You see, I'm just a novice. I'm putting your hands. <laughs> Good, good. Um, are you working on anything at the moment and what's coming next for you? Um, I did a, I did a, a course on, um, a short story course, actually, um, Curtis and Brown, I think it is, uh, very well regarded. Um, I really enjoyed it. I learned an awful lot. Um, so I want to do a bit more on short stories. And as part of the course, we did... Um, you know, there was an exercise they took us through. So you produced a short story and then we had a critique, you know, individual critiques at the end. And there's quite a lot to work on there, but um, there's a germ for an idea, more than a germ. There is a base story there. And um, I was once told that some of my characters are a bit nice um, and I tend to, to write in third person. So I've broken out of that and the main... The main protagonist is the antithesis of nice, and it's written in the first person. So um, I did that because it, it challenged me and it was a learning experience, and, and I, I enjoyed it. So I'm itching to pick that up again and see where I could take it. I'd like to do a few more short stories. Awesome. Well, I don't have any more questions for you. You may be relieved to know, unless you think there's anything I haven't asked you that you want to tell us. Oh gosh, uh, no. I mean, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Um, you know, um, you know, goodness knows uh, what any of your viewers will make of it. But um, I hope I reach one or two, and I hope one or two has a has a peek at my my book. Um, if you've so, got a copy to hand, do you want to plug it while you're here? Show it off. Here we go. Urban Scarecrows. Um, have a look on my website, jimchambers.author. Um, chapter one is available there free and actually another chapter, chapter 10. Um, 
which both have slightly different feelings. So um, uh, have a look, see what you make of that. Um, and, you know, this for me is hopefully the effort of all social media and marketing and so on and so forth. It's about reaching more people this time. And that's not about making money. Um, it's about, you know, if you, you put quite a few hours, quite a bit of effort into producing a story. I like the story. Maybe I should, I shouldn't say that, but I do. Um, and um, I hope a few people do as well. And I hope it gets to a few. Yeah. So if people do want to buy it or they want to find out more about you, apart from your website, where can they find you? Where they, can they find your book? Um, the book will be available on most online resellers. Um, the ebook, it's Silverwood Books, is one obvious. Um, it will be on. It's on Amazon and Waterstones as well. Um, and I will be launching the ebook, um, which is priced fairly low, so it's priced at just two pound ninety nine, uh, which I've deliberately done so that it's you know within most people's reach if they wish to. Um, and um, but it, over the next few weeks, that'll be up on various ebook platforms. Which would you recommend, by the way, Donna? What's Kindle, Kindle, yeah. Um, is it Kobo as well? I think it's quite popular. Yeah, I've heard that, yeah. Um, so we should, we should put it up there. And um, yeah, if anybody's still listening, thanks for persevering. And thank you for joining me. It's been a pleasure. That's been lovely. Uh, have, a, have a good evening, Donna. Take care. <laughs>